0: For 20% off. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Bobby Cole. Now, Bobby Cole works for Pass It On Outdoors, a youth mentorship program getting new people into the outdoors. And I'm really excited to talk to him about his passions, what working there means to him, and, and why it is that he's doing what he's doing. But he started out western hunting, I mean, hunting elk and mule deer, antelope, things like that. But now his main passion is wing shooting. And so, I mean, that's a pretty interesting transition. I feel like a lot of times people go from smaller animals, maybe they started out waterfowl or rabbit or pheasant hunting, and then transitioning into bigger and bigger things as they move farther out west or explore more Western opportunities. So it's gonna be an interesting episode. I'm really excited about this one. Let's jump in. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got Bobby Cole. Now he is a Kansas native, has hunted the West basically his whole life, and now is helping youth get involved in the same thing. So I'm really excited to talk about his journey, hear more about that, hear what it's like to get pulled from school to go out and elk hunt, actually. Uh, so Bobby, thanks for hopping on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate
0: it. Um, why don't you share with the listeners where you're at today, how you got there, kind of the progression of your journey from you know growing up as a kid, always being involved in the outdoors to helping others do that same thing.
1: So uh, I'm currently the Western Kansas Program Coordinator for Pasadena Outdoor Mentors. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, a few people have asked me how I got in this position. I think it's really kind of a a mixture of uh, dumb luck and uh, and uh, persistence probably kind of got me here. There's really, there's really no set way to get into this position, I don't think. But, um, you know, uh, I started out as a kid, always in the outdoors with my dad, my grandpa, my uncle, we were, uh, you know, pheasant hunters out in Western Kansas. Then um, we had a family ranch up in Colorado, and every November they pull us out, and we go spend two weeks up in Colorado, mule deer, and uh, in elk hunting. And uh, like I was telling you earlier, I didn't realize until I got quite a lot older that that wasn't the normal thing to do. And uh, <clears throat> I, I really found that it wasn't normal when I was overseas with my buddies in the Army. And I'd be telling you, I was like, hey, you know, my, my parents used to pull me out of school, and I'd take all my homework up to Colorado, and I'd elk hunt in the mornings. Do my homework, then elk hunt in the evenings, and then once I had elk, then I'd go after a mule deer. And uh, they'd be like, "Dude, well, that's that's not normal at all, you know." And so I, I grew up in this space where we were always outdoors, hunting, fishing, everything. And uh, as I got older, I realized how lucky I was, and yeah. I uh, I started trying to pass it on to other vets whenever I got back from that last deployment, you know, and uh, through the fallen outdoors, and and now I'm in the position I am now because I believe they they saw value in what I was doing for veterans, and they offered me a job. To do it for youth. And that's that's where we are
0: now. Man, that's so cool. I love the stories of people that, you know, find a, find a career that completely revolves around their passions. And so I'm sure, I'm sure that's been interesting for you. You know, like everybody who gets to that point, I feel mm-hmm. like goes, how one, how did I get here? Like, this is insane. <laughs> I always dreamed about this. I mean, does it seem surreal still, or has it kind of set in now and it's just the normal?
1: So I've been in this position for eight months and there's still days I wake up and it's like, I don't know, like I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall type thing. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm real lucky I got in this spot, but yeah, it's uh, it's very surreal and it's very, uh, I guess I'm blessed. It's uh, not a lot of people are blessed to be in this position and it's, uh, it's something I hope to not never take advantage of and always, always really enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. Um, so you grew up and you would, you would go, and hunt Colorado, even though you're from Mm -hmm. Kansas, I mean, that alone, I feel like is fairly rare in the outdoor space. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people might take off as kids to go to the, to the rifle whitetail hunt, Yeah, but to actually travel to a different state as a kid, I mean, the fact that that was normal for you seems pretty wild to me. Like (laughs) I didn't even, I think I left the state of Wisconsin like two or three times as a kid like I mean I just never left up until I was 18 and uh the fact that you were doing that every year to hunt is pretty sweet do you think that started started a passion for you I guess to actually travel and hunt and go experience new places
1: I think it, it definitely instilled that passion in us. And again like I said we were lucky my, my family had a ranch up over uh, south of Craig Colorado and so you know we we had the the ability to go up there and went, I think the ranch was around a thousand acres and it was surrounded by a BLM. So that you know, a thousand acres turned into 30,000 acres real fast. So we had all that to adventure on and hunt and stuff. So definitely instilled a passion. You know, I'm I'm not a big, big game hunter anymore. I I, I go out and I'll shoot a white tail now and then. i I might go uh I went and shot a pronghorn down in New Mexico last year. But really what I want to do is I want to shoot birds. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. It's I feel like with hunting you go one of two ways right i mean mm-hmm. you go like extreme big game I, that's that seems like the progression you know you make it harder and harder on yourself you go with more primitive weapon or mm-hmm. weaponry or like the wing shooting sports holy cow man there <laughs> i'm sure growing up as a kid every kid's patience starts to run thin when they don't see an animal or they don't get a shot opportunity at yeah. one for a long time but with wing shooting it seems like the opportunities are endless you know you could go out day after day (laughs) and yeah there's days that you're gonna kind of strike out or not have the best day ever but the the it's it's more of like a high octane version of hunting i guess
1: yeah yeah, definitely like because you you do you do get a lot more action and i'm uh i'm not the most patient person so like uh you know when when we when we elk hunted and mule deer hunted it was spot and sock so we were always moving We, we were trying to get into a good spot to get a shot and now, it's you know, wing shooting, it's the same thing. I'm walking, I'm looking for birds to, to, to flush up, or I'm sitting in a blind, and I know that in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to have birds landing in my spread. So and I think it's definitely that uh, I don't know, uh, instant gratification kind of thing almost.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> when when did you start getting into that, or was that something that you also did as a kid?
1: Um, it was – we did a lot of pheasant hunting and dove hunting as kids. You know, like dove hunting was like a national holiday for my family. You know, September 1st, we were – you know, if, if it was school, we'd maybe be called in a half day late or we wouldn't even go to school that day. And we'd all set up around my little field and we'd shoot dove all day. Yeah. So it was a, a big thing we did all the time. And, you know, pheasant hunting It was Thanksgiving. You know, we would usually get together on Thanksgiving as a family, and go pheasant hunting or just different things like that. And uh, it was fun then. But I again, then I, I was uh, at that point in time, I was wanting, always wanting to go to the ranch and go hunting again. I think whenever I really started to develop passion, I came home on a on midterm leave for my first deployment, and my dad and I went out, and uh, we just had a hell of a day. We we shot a pheasant, which was our, our we both limited out. We shot a bunch of quail, and at that point in time, I was like, man, I think I kind of like this more than the big game hunting. So
0: yeah, yeah, the the camaraderie that comes with yeah. with small game hunting or with wing shooting sports, I feel like is second to none. You know. Mm-hmm there's things that i got into basically once i was in college that i never thought i would and dove hunting was one of those like the dove Mm -hmm. hunt opener i missed it this year and it was like a knife to the heart i (laughs) I haven't missed the dove dove opener in missouri in a long time and then like even frog kicking something that i never even considered as a hobby uh you know all the guys get together and there's just something you're you're active you're wading through ponds you're looking for these mm-hmm. frogs it's the middle of the night you're hanging out you're bs and giving each other a hard time if you miss like that's really cool and you don't seem to get that nearly as much with whitetail hunting especially because whitetail hunting yeah. has become a very solitary sport you know you go and sit in your tree sand for the most part by yourself all day long uh, western hunting it's a little bit different because you can get out to spike camp with a couple mm-hmm. buddies and you know you might help call one in for for the other guy but the camaraderie and the fellowship of it with the wing shooting stuff i feel like that's one of I, the biggest things for
1: me i think that's a, bit, a big part of it as well you know and, and when i was when i was volunteering with the fallen outdoors you know i was able to take out 12 12 vets at a time on a yeah. pheasant hunt and it was it was the same thing like you know you saying, you're saying like you could be with all the all the boys you can watch them shoot at a pheasant and laugh when they miss, you know, and like it was just a, it was just a good time being out there. And same thing, you know, the waterfowl bug hit about five years ago. I, I didn't really do a lot of it until I, I met a guy. I was like, "Hey, I'll teach you how to waterfowl hunt. You teach me how to uplane I was like, bill. and now I got that bug real bad to my my wife's dismay. <laughs> so that's yeah. just uh, I don't know that that camaraderie is definitely a big part of the, uh, the wing shooting.
0: Yeah. Do you do you have dogs of your own?
1: Yeah, I, I got a German short hair Pointer. So he's a uh, kind of my best buddy
0: i was gonna say <clears throat> i'm sure that's created a whole new passion for you is just working your dog
1: so we, we grew up with dogs okay. so i got there's something i was used to but i didn't get my like, i got this dog well he's a year and a half old now but yeah it's definitely um having my own my first actual gun dog that i've trained myself and done everything with is definitely uh probably done, it more increased it even more yeah
0: so I talked to so many people who that's the story for, you know, they're passionate about one thing or another, whether it's rabbit hunting, duck hunting, pheasant hunting, and then they get a dog and it's like, all right, <laughs> it's a whole new, it's a whole new sport in and of yeah. itself, you know, working a dog and training a dog. And mm-hmm. we, we got a dog, gosh, two months ago now. What's the, yeah, exactly. Two months ago. I think we picked up a dog and uh, I'm super pumped. I'm going to, I'm, Training it a little bit on my own. I mean, he's only three months Mm -hmm. old at this point, and he's been he's been learning how to retrieve. You know, like he'll I'll I'll intentionally throw his little duck bumper out somewhere he can't (laughs) see it and send him for it, and he's got to work around and he's finally using his nose. I mean, for a long time, I'd watch him run right over the top of it, and (laughs) I'm like, dang it, did I did I get the messed up dog out of the group? But now he's using his (laughs) nose. He's bringing it back, like. It's really cool to watch, and so I'm excited to get him out on his first actual hunt. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's almost like you know, being a father having having kids and stuff. It's almost like well, like watching my daughter ride a bike, watching him him figure things out. It's it's almost the same level of uh, of of pride you get when you see that because you know, last year he wouldn't even look at a dove, let alone like you know he he'd kind of stare at it and he wouldn't think about picking it up. And this year dove season, he was doing. 300 yard retrieves out and uncut milo and find this stuff that we would never found. Jeez. So it was a, it was pretty impressive watching just, just the the way it went through, but I, I got real lucky. Cause you know, I'm not a dog trainer and I'm not an expert, but I got some buddies that are, You know, oh, <laughs> so that I was able to ask them questions like, Hey, how do I uh, get him to do this? Or how do I get them to do that? And they were able to kind of walk me through the steps and tell me how to do it. Like, you know, I was going to send him to be trained by a guy named Matt Ola, who was a, a member of the fallen outdoors as well. And he owns his own kennel. He does a real good job. But my wife and kids fell in love with the dog want wanted to let me, get, let me send him up there for six months. So I, I kind of got it on myself. But it's been it's been real cool watching him progress and knowing that I was the one to train him to do those things. So,
0: yeah, that is cool. I'm sure it's a great sense of accomplishment knowing that you're the reason for where he's at and how, you know, how well he performs. I'm kind of nervous that that same thing is going to happen to me. Mm Because the kids and the wife are super attached to this dog. Like, I mean, I love him. I love having him around. And it will seem weird not having him for four to six months, you know. And so the plan right now is in December to drop him off at a trainer. And like I said, four to six months, go back and pick him up. So he's ready for next year. But Mm -hmm. it's just going to be so odd because he follows me around everywhere. Like when I get in the truck, he's riding shotgun, like just looking at me like, poking me with his nose like hey i'm still here give me some give me some love and to all of a sudden not have him now would be would be pretty odd so yeah we'll see how that goes
1: i I wish you the best of luck with that
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks man uh what what does your year look like what what's on the agenda um i mean dove season just Mm -hmm. i'd say just happened that's a full month ago now um that it started what do you have planned
1: I oh, know, like going back to dove season, I think we got, I got out around 30 some kids on dove hunts this, this, uh, during September. And so that was real cool seeing some of these kids go on their first dove hunt, shooting their first dove and everything. It's, it's just real rewarding being a part of that. And, you know, of course shooting them with them. Um, we've done some teal hunts already. I think we, I uh, hosted three teal hunts and then, uh, I did my first, uh, the youth vet duck season here in Kansas. We did that this Saturday and nice. I got two kids out on that hunt and we, uh, we shot 18 birds. Damn. And um, I think it was just a little over an hour. So we had a, we had a banger duck hunt that one. It was real good. And, you know, the, the one kid is his first duck hunt. And he's 11 years old, just got his hunter safety card and everything. So he just became eligible for our program. Yeah. And uh, we, myself and the, the older kid, we had our, our limits pretty early on. But we, we sat out there with him for another 45 minutes, just working singles in and watching. And, you know, the kid was, I told him, I was like, we can leave anytime you want, dude. You know, whenever you want to go, we can go but he was very persistent and he was very like, I'm going to get my limit today. Yeah. And we, we were finally able to get him. And so it was real cool watching that too. So um, we got next weekend's our, our antlerless doe season here in Kansas or yeah, antlerless deer season here in Kansas. Nice. So we got, I want to say past it outdoor mentors. We have like 34 hunts on the calendar. Wow. And so uh, we'll, we we'll, I won't personally be hosting those, but I have a bunch of them. Uh, we rely heavily on volunteers. So I have a yep. bunch of my volunteers in the area. They're all within about forty five minutes of where I live. So I'm kind of just on standby to help them uh help them track down any deer that they may not they may just wound or whatever that day. So I'm on standby for that. And then I uh, got that regular duck season opens up the same day. So we'll have a bunch of duck hunts coming up and goose hunts and I mean my goal is to get kids out on just about every kind of hunt we can this year out in western Kansas. So
0: that's so cool. That is I I wish I would have known. I'm I'm sure there's been like the Rodden Gun Club in my hometown, mm-hmm. like they had little events here and there. You could come out and shoot, like they'd have a youth trap shooting day or something like that. But to have to have programs like this back then would have oh yeah set me off on a whole new trajectory, you know, like starting out just being that nine day gun hunter. Like that's all mm-hmm. I did for years. And then to start finding out that there's all these different types of hunting. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just like any kid, what they're passionate about, you know, whether they're passionate about music or sports or video games or art or whatever with hunting, Mm -hmm. there's so many different facets to hunting and to the outdoor space, whether it's fly fishing or spin fishing Mm -hmm. or archery rifle, shotgun shooting, bird hunting, small game, like to allow kids to experience all of those and kind of figure out what they like the most and what they want to pour more of their time and energy into is a pretty cool deal.
1: And it's, you know, you got those kids. And uh, so, like, we have, I started back in February when they hired me on. And uh, there's a girl out here that she came on her first turkey hunt with us, you know, very first turkey hunt. She had success. So she uh, took her three shots, but she got her first turkey. She was super excited about that. And then, you know, then a little ways down the road, we had a, I put on a, we put on a frog gigging and we went out to a little lake out here and she came out on that frog gig with us. So she got her first frog with us. Then uh, from there, we went to, Dove season. She came out and shot her first dove with us, and she's going next weekend to shoot her first deer with us, hopefully, and uh, then pheasant hunt. So she's 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 got into this, and she's going to do pretty much all her first with us, which is really awesome to see. That's so sweet. And we, you know, we're we're part of the R three movement. You know, recruiting, retention, reactivation, and we kind of touch up on all those in one way or another. I mean, we have kids that have never hunted and not, don't come from a hunting background that are getting involved in our program. We have uh, kids that are from a hunting background get involved in our program. And then we have the – which is kind of unintended. unintended result of it is we have parents that we're reactivating as well. So, like, we'll have a, a parent who comes on a hunt and like, you know, I haven't hunted in 15 years when we saw this and decided to get my kid on it. I'm like, now I'm hooked. Now I want to get back and do it. And then they end up yeah. volunteering for us and helping us get more kids out. So it's just become a real cool thing seeing, seeing different things like that as well.
0: That's really sweet. Um, do you guys – uh, are you guys hunting on like a specific property? Do you have like volunteer properties that people have offered up? Uh, where, where exactly are you guys spending your time teaching these kids?
1: Um, a little bit of all everything, you know, uh, you know, traditionally our, our program started out in, uh, in Wichita back in 2002 as a part of the big brothers, big sisters. Then I believe it was 2006 is whenever they branched out and made their own organization. And then 2018, we started the shooting sport outreach program. And that's, a uh, basically we're trying to find the kids that are involved in the shooting sports of so skeet and trap and all that in the high schools and get them to transition from the shooting sports to going out in the fields. Cause you know, it's, it's not a, a hard reach to go from your shooting skeet, to your shooting birds now. Yeah. So that's where we, we, we focus a lot on those kids right now, but we won't turn down any kid that wants to get involved in our program. But our main focus is on them right now. And uh, traditionally, like I said uh, in Kansas, the further West, the more you get into public lands. So Wichita doesn't have a lot of public lands around it unless you have water and that's the public land usually. So traditionally it's been private lands that people are willing to let us host trips on or outfitters that have extra openings that they'll let us host trips on. Now that we're expanding out in Western Kansas, we've done a lot on public lands because there's a lot more public lands out here. And I think there's a, uh, a lot of value in teaching a kid how to, how to read a map and look at the map and say, okay, this is where I can hunt out here. Like, you know, Onyx is a great tool and the, uh, hunt stand and um we're all we're partnering with um go hunt not go hunt what's the other mapping system we're partnered with the new mapping mapping system as well so th- these are valuable tools that kids need to learn how to use and uh getting them out of public lands is valuable as well as, as, as well as private so
0: yeah yeah i mean that's a big barrier to entry i feel like for new hunters mm-hmm. is where do i go you know yeah. a lot of people don't realize how accessible public land is or you know, they probably know somebody that they go to school with or church with that uh, or their parents work with that has property that they could potentially get access to. Mm-hmm. And it's very intimidating, though, as I mean, even as somebody who's moved to a new place and try to get access, I'm like, dude, I don't know where everything is. <laughs> like you mentioned, all the mapping softwares to teach them about those so that they can go, OK, I just need to look into this. I might need to look mm-hmm. up the specific regulations on you know, A, B, or C public land area. And that way I know, you know, is it is it a place that I can go and hunt? Uh, what type of guns can I use there? What are the mm-hmm. point restrictions or the bag limits or whatever? Um, to get them understanding that they have to, you know, do some of this research on the front end. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, you might not be fully legal. I think that's great because I know a lot of people who go through hunter safety and then it's like, but now what? Mm-hmm. Like I, I got my license. I bought a gun. I bought a bow. I bought a whatever. And now I want to get out there and hunt. Where, how do how do I find a place to hunt? Like, what do I do? But yeah. the fact that they're getting like real life experience with that is pretty sweet.
1: And I, You know, I, I think we all all the mentors that I know, all the, uh, the program coordinators for our program that, that do all this stuff. I think we all do a pretty well, good job of when we're out there with the kid, like we explained to him, like, so uh, when we were doing the duck hunt the other day, you know, I was I was explaining to him, like, that's smart weed. I'm like, and smart weed is what ducks want to eat. Yep. And then he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why we're sitting here. He's like, yeah. You know, and I'm, like, and explained to him, like, you know, scouting is a huge part of everything hunting. And he, cause he was telling me, he's like, he's like, how, how did you know to set here? He's like, because I scouted, I was out here, you know, the day before making sure the ducks were landing here and I, I made sure we were where the ducks wanted to be. And so, yeah, that's, that's all valuable, valuable tools. And like, you're talking about the barriers, to hunting, we do uh, a surveys, we send surveys out to all our hunters and you, you know, we'll have like a, what's the biggest barrier to hunting is one of the questions on there. And one of the biggest things is we like, one, I don't know what I'm doing. And two, I don't know where to go. Yep. And then we're providing those, you know, we're providing a, somebody that knows what they're doing to show them how to do it. And we're providing a, a location to go. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Do you? What about uh tools and equipment? Do you guys like have that that you let them use, or are they responsible for bringing their own stuff?
1: So for for the most part, like I said, uh, our, our main focus is a shooting sports kids. So usually they'll have a shotgun, they'll have the equipment needed. But if they don't have the equipment, then yeah, we we will cover down. Like so, uh, you know, I have I have a couple of rifles. Savage uh Savage Arms is one of our sponsors, so we have a couple of Savages and stuff. And if we have a kid that doesn't have a rifle, I have a Savage Arms inside it in that we can set them up with, you know. Nice. And uh, just different things like that. So, yeah, we cover down when we can. You know, we have Vail uh, Camo has given us some blinds. So, we have blinds we can set up for the kids and stuff. And so, for the most part, we try to do as much as we can. But we, we kind of rely on hopefully they'll bring some stuff too. But if they don't, you know, I got plenty of extra guns.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Are you guys, like, one location? Or do you have multiple branches that people can get involved in?
1: So, we have a... Uh, we have right now we're in Kansas and what was, that? I always messed it up. I always want to say the wrong state, Kansas and Iowa. Okay. So we have a coordinator up there and we have three, three of us here in Kansas. Well, four of us. So our presidents in Kansas, our vice presidents in Kansas, we have me out West and we have uh, Eric Brown is our Eastern Kansas coordinator. Then Stephanie is, uh, is out in Iowa.
0: Nice. So how many, I mean, it sounds pretty amazing. Like you said, you had 23 hunts or something like that planned out coming up. You get tons of kids out for each hunt. How
1: many kids do you see come through the program each, each year? Um, it's getting bigger every year. So I know this year so far between us and Iowa, we've hosted 320 trips. And Jeez. I think we're around 680 some kids out. And um, that's almost double what we did last year. So every year we're seeing a, uh, an increase in kids that we get outdoors.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. And you had mentioned the, some parents come in and they're like, hey, I used to hunt. I'm mm-hmm. getting back into it now because of this. Is it like a youth and a mentor that both attend or like can it just be a, a teenager or a student?
1: So well, yeah, it's a it's a youth and mentorship. We have okay. we find the mentors who are just an experienced outdoorsman, I and you know, I say that, but like there's a lot of people that are turned off by trying to come on to, on as a, a mentor because they don't think they're experts at what they do. Yeah, and yeah. so we don't need an expert to do these things. We need somebody that has that that kind of you know, the more knowledge you have, the better. But if you know if you're just really good at one thing like dove hunting, you can host duff hunts for us. You know, so that's one of the things that and somewhat experienced mentor that's passionate about getting kids outdoors is what we need for that. So we need that mentor there. Then we partner them with the youth. And then, uh, we usually, you know, there's instances like where you have a dove hunt and there's like 20 kids out there. We're okay with the parents not being right there with them. But if we're doing a Turkey hunt or deer hunt near in a blind, we do require a parent be in the blind with that kid because okay. it's, that's just kind of, you know, unfortunately we're in a, a crazy world nowadays. And that's to protect everyone involved by having that, that parent in there with them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what, maybe, you, you, you've you probably got a bunch of these. Could you share with me maybe a story of one of the most memorable hunts that you've been
1: on or been a part of? Oh, yeah, there's a, I mean, there's been a lot of them so far. I think um, we did a duck hunt, well, a teal hunt, and I took that same girl I was telling you about. We took her on that teal hunt and getting her first limit. Until was a real cool experience, and I think uh, yeah that frog that frog gigging trip was real cool. The one that I was a part of, but I wasn't actually at the hunt. We had we sent a kid out to Eastern Kansas to do a turkey hunt, and he uh, he shot his first turkey, and we got video of it. And so that you know, a kid shot the turkey, and he oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I did it, I did it, I did it, you know. And you have the mentor sitting there with the same look, he's like yeah, you know, he's 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 excited, and you got the dad next next to him, and he's real excited too. And that kid, you know, he's 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 jumping out of his seat and he's looking, he's like, Oh no, it's still moving and they're like, no, you got it, buddy, you got it. It's done. And that's probably I wish I would have been there for that actual experience, but then sending them at me that video and me seeing the excitement on that kid's face is probably one of the one of the best ones I've had so far. And uh and our duck our our banger duck hunt on Saturday was a was a pretty good experience too, seeing that kid how excited he was to get all his ducks. So
0: It's just there's a different level when you when you know that you've ignited a fire mm-hmm. in somebody or something that you're passionate about doing. And yeah. you do see that a lot. Like the first time a deer walks in, or mm-hmm. you know, the first time they do get to pull the trigger on something, like just watching their eyes light up is a whole different yeah. world. And I got to I got to see that with my wife. Um, she came out and she went through hunter safety a couple of years ago, got her license two seasons ago now. She went out mm-hmm. maybe I don't think it was last year. She went out and shot her first deer and was just like over the moon, super excited about it. My son, he is finally legal age to hunt here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be coming out this year. And he's like, just yesterday, oh, I forgot to tell my wife that I got to tell her that after this podcast, he comes up to me and he goes, hey, daddy, uh, maybe we need to get me some camo for when I go hunting with you. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, like he's thinking about it. We're outside playing, he's riding his scooter, and he stopped because he thought about hunting. And I'm like, this is mm-hmm. pretty exciting to me.
1: I know uh, my daughter, she is nine, and she, she's she's my shadow, my oldest daughter. She'll go out with me just about anywhere I go. But she doesn't want to shoot yet. But she's got her own set of waders. She's got her own set of uh, a real tree max, max five camo. <laughs> She's got a lot. Of, she's a. I don't know. I Man, it's a. You know, adult in a set of waiters isn't very flattering. Yeah. But a uh, a little uh, like my daughter in a pair of waiters is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I think. So.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah the, I, I, go ahead.
1: Also, I have my, my son. He lives in Missouri right now, but he's getting ready to move back to Kansas. Um, yeah. He the last time he was here, he's showing a lot of interest in getting involved in hunting too, which was I was pretty happy to see. So it's it's very cool to see them start to like your passion as well
0: yeah it definitely is I mean I feel like anybody anybody gets excited about that like hey I want my kid to do this I want him to do this and my I don't remember who it was one of my buddies they're like hey what if you what if your son decided to be a vegan and I was <laughs> like <laughs> I, I almost punched him I was like hey dude we don't we don't talk like that you know like <laughs> I, I want my kid to love the outdoors and you know he doesn't have to like all the exact same things that I do but um, to instill a passion for outdoor activities you know he might mm-hmm. just like to canoe or kayak
1: yeah but
0: there's something about the outdoors where i'm like you know i just don't want him penned up inside all the time like if he wants yeah. to play video games here and there sure whatever but the, the outdoors has changed my life for sure and just mm-hmm. being out there in creation and experiencing like encounters with animals and just being able to take meat from the land you know yeah. instead of going to the grocery store I, I feel like every kid needs that opportunity to at least decide if it's for them or not.
1: Oh yeah, hundred um, percent.
0: So with, with the organization, uh, are you guys looking at branching out to other places? Is it something that, you know, you're going to stick pretty close to home or do you guys want one of these in every state?
1: Uh, my understanding is that we have a goal to spread. Yeah. Into as many states as possible. So it's uh, I can't speak too much on it because it's uh, like I said I'm fairly new to the organization, but I know we have talked about spreading into I think Missouri is one that we've talked about going into eventually. Yeah, um, so there's some other states as well that we hope to go into, and I, I think it's a goal to eventually go into all the states that we can. But it's uh, it's also you know it's a uh, we're a 501c nonprofit, and we can only expand as much as we can as we can bring into to pay because sure. We can, we can run this on an all-volunteer basis, but to really, you know, to put on 600 hunts a year, 700 hunts a year, like, you really almost need a paid position in all those states to to make sure that it's being coordinated.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want you want to be able to do it as efficiently as possible mm-hmm. without, you know, having to shell out a ton of money, which means then you have to raise a bunch of money. But also at the end of the day, like as far as volunteers go and mentors go, like you don't want people to get burnt out and have a bad taste Mm -hmm. in their mouth. So that's, that seems like it's always the, the fine line to walk with any nonprofit is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, how do we get volunteers engaged and involved, but not burnt out and not feel like they get used or taken advantage of. I used to be a project coordinator for a big nonprofit, um, here in missouri and it was the same thing you know like we mm-hmm. had a lot of people that would come and volunteer and we wanted to make it fun and engaging for them so that they would keep coming back but yeah they, there's just definitely a balancing act with all of that
1: mm-hmm. and i you know volunteering for the fallen outdoors there's definitely a lot there's you know I, I was i was all volunteer work i did with them. i was putting on 40 50 hunts a year or trips a year and, and there's uh there's very much that burnout for me so I was working a full time job and I was I was doing all that volunteer work and you know when you're playing a, a pheasant hunt for fourteen guys, there's a lot more they're just saying, Hey, we're gonna hit the fields. You know, it's for every hunt we you to know, so host, you're probably putting in between twenty to forty hours of prep work too. Yeah. And so you know it was, was there's was burnout on my side. There's uh my wife, you know, she, she's like, You're doing this all volunteer, you don't need to be doing it to this extent. And then so I, I've uh I have a bit of obsessive personality. So yeah, there's, there's that (laughs) definitely a burnout whenever you do those things and being able to be in a position where you're paid to do it. And and that's your, your full focus makes it so you can really put your heart and soul into it and really, really make the the hunts that you put on and the, uh, and that you're part of worth it.
0: Man, I can only imagine how much goes into that because like, I love hunting to do 40 Mm -hmm. or 50 hunts a year. That's a big deal in and of itself. And like, there's a lot of work that goes into that, but then to coordinate like, Hey, when's it, when everybody's supposed to show up, what they're mm-hmm. supposed to bring, you know, what licenses they need. Uh, I'm, I'm planning a trip right now for a couple buddies of mine and I to go down to Texas on a waterfall mm-hmm. and sandhill crane hunt. We're all super excited about it. But <laughs> even for me, yeah. I'm like, I need, I, every day I'm like, Oh shoot, I need to send out that group message with all mm-hmm. the information and I have yet to do it. And all my buddies every day are like, Hey dude, when are you sending that out? And to mm-hmm. do that weekly or like multiple times a week, I could see how you need a paid position in each state yeah. in order to effectively do it.
1: Yeah. So like you know, you're know, you saying the planning phase, I know as soon as I get off here, I got, I got like 10 or 15 emails. I got to send out reminding people of their hunts this week. And just so it has like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to remind them of their the date time location to meet up uh their licenses they need again their clothing they need again and and uh just all that stuff i gotta i gotta send out those emails and it's 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 becomes a full-time job doing i need you know with the falling outdoors i had a facebook chat that i would set up with all the people who are on the hunt so i just send out stuff on there and it was it was a good way to do it i wouldn't say the best way to do it but it was a good way to do it and we get we got it done and we definitely had a lot of success that way yeah yeah this way it's uh these emails and the the systems that we have in place to do these things are just they're really good systems that we have in place to, to get everything out to everyone we need. I'd say the biggest part of my job right now is uh, finding youth in my area to get on some of these hunts because you know, we've had hunts go unfilled. And that's just because we're new to the area here and, and the, the youth aren't fully aware of our program yet. So that's yeah. my, my biggest job right now is getting hold of these uh, the shooting sports coaches in my area and be like, hey, you know, we got this stuff going on. Get your kids on these and find youth to fill those, those positions.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like you almost have people knocking down the door but it like you said you got to get the word out there if they don't know about Mm -hmm. it like why would they be coming and asking if they don't know Mm -hmm. what you have what you have going on or what you have to offer um how many of these hunts do you get to personally go on i mean it sounds like you're involved in planning a ton of them has it Mm -hmm. hindered your ability to get out in the field at all
1: um no i uh i mean um i couldn't tell you the exact number that i've actually done myself like I, I, i can pull up my spreadsheet and try to figure it out real fast but i'd say i personally done probably three in months since I started on here, maybe more. Nice. And so I'm, I'm still getting out. And, you know, of course, when I'm hosting for a kid, the kid gets the first shot. Yep. But like like with the duck hunt the other day, I sit at the end of the line, and I would, I would call the shot and they'd shoot, and whatever they missed, I'd shoot at. So it's uh, I still get out there with them. And I, I try to, you know, if I can get out during the week for an hour or two real fast, and just go out and shoot some birds. I will. They're, like I said, my the bosses and everyone's pretty understanding. And on the weekends where I'm not hosting a hunt, I'll get out with my kids and stuff. So yeah, I'm still, I'm still able to get out for myself. I don't know if it's as much as I used to get out for myself, but it's still, I'm still able to get out for myself and do my own stuff as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, How do, how do people get involved in something like this? Like say you've got someone in the Wichita area or, you know, up in Iowa that mm-hmm. is like, man, I've got a passion for this. I want to do the same thing. like, following along with the whole r3 movement and what they're doing mm-hmm. how how does somebody go about getting involved with passed on and uh, uh, becoming a mentor
1: the easiest way to get on involved in our programs you go to our website uh, outdoormentors.org and whenever you get on there you'd go to the uh, there's a little tab right at the top five what one two three four over and it says mentor you click on that and you'll sign up as a mentor you'll go through the steps and uh again one of the things that kind of makes people worry about is They'll go through an application process, and part of the application process is a background check. Again, we're yeah. working with youth, so we can't just let anybody work with, with within our program. So they'll go through a background check. Once their background check is complete, either myself or Eric or Brittany or Mike or Stephanie will reach out to that person and see how they want to get involved. And I know each each mentor or each uh, coordinator has kind of their own way of doing it. So, like, for me out here, I'll call you and be like, hey, what do you like to do? And they'll tell me what they like to do. And they'll say, okay, um, how about this? Whenever you know that you have something that you can host, you give me two weeks notice and I'll get it put into our, onto our website and we'll find you to get involved in that, in that in that hunt, whatever it is. And so, uh, you know, I, I had some guys that they tell me right off the back, it's like, okay, I got these weekends available, set something up at these locations. And so I would go and get into our calendar. I'd build our event for, uh, I don't know, a fishing trip every, every other Saturday for this guy. And yeah. we'd start, we'd start putting it out there. So, that's the easiest way to go to the website. And uh, like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information on our program on the website. There's how to become a mentor. There's a youth sign up on there. There's a uh, events calendar where you can click and look at the events in Kansas and in Iowa. And I'll tell you exactly what we have going on every day. And you can sign up through that calendar too to go on a hunt.
0: Nice. Okay. So I've got, I've got a couple questions and I ask one of these questions to everybody, but I'm going to, I'm going to reframe it and ask it a second time. Um, first off, bucket list hunt like number one dream hunt for you where would you hunt what would you hunt and what weapon would you use oh man
1: um i think i would uh it'd probably be a waterfowl hunt of some sort i think i want to go to new zealand and just kill the shit out of it, or excuse me kill a bunch of uh, waterfowl <laughs> you're good <laughs> i'd like to go to new zealand kill a bunch shoot a bunch of waterfowl because there's there's just so many different things over there you can do i mean I could make it into a waterfowl and anything else hunt I wanted to. Yeah. They have their ducks and their geese and their swan over there. It looks like it'd be a good time. So I'd, I'd like to go do that. And uh, if I could choose the firearm, I probably wouldn't take it along because it'd be, uh, it's kind of costly to take firearms in New Zealand from what I understand. But if I had the option, I'd take my grandpa's old A5. Nice.
0: And, uh, and use
1: that to shoot them with the...
0: Dude, those A5s are so sweet. Like, they hold up. (laughs) People don't realize just how good of a gun that is. My buddy, I've had two friends that use, like, super old A5s. Mm -hmm. I think one of them was, like, the Belgian made, and then Mm -hmm. I don't remember where the other one was. But, um, yeah, they brought them out, and I was like, dude, these shoot like a dream. I didn't realize they made this good of shotguns back then.
1: Well, I, I got that one from two years ago from my dad. It's a 1957 Belgian A5. Nice. And yeah. so I got that, I think, two years ago for my dad and I, I put the over under up and I pulled that out on all my pheasant hunts and stuff last year. I think for the first time in my la- life, I got a triple on quail. <laughs> so Dang. That thing. So heck it's yeah. been a uh, it's been a heck of a gun. And I just I love taking it out because, you know, my, my grandpa used it, my dad used it. Now I'm using it one day my one of my kids is going to hopefully use it. So it's just uh, it's cool taking it around and doing that stuff with. So that, that would be my weapon of choice for for a waterfowl hunt like that, I think.
0: Heck yeah. That's awesome. What, what's your favorite type? I don't think I asked you this. What's your favorite type of bird to hunt?
1: Um, yes, all of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I really like, I really like pheasant hunting because you know, like I said, I, I grew up pheasant hunting and I I'm pretty good at being able to find a cover that the birds are in. Like, you know, I've, I put a lot of birds up in front of people as it's just up on them, whether they can shoot it or not. And I've shot a lot of birds myself. So probably pheasant hunting is one of my favorites. I like duck hunting a lot now too. You know, it's uh, it's really, really gotten into my soul that the duck hunting. And I don't have a certain duck I want to shoot. I want to shoot all the ducks right now. So yeah, <laughs>
0: duck hunting. Duck hunting has a way of doing it, and I don't know what mm-hmm. it is specifically. I mean, I kind of do because I'm a duck hunter. So like, you still have that camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about scent. You don't have to worry about sound or movement or anything like that uh, until you have birds coming in, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, hey, sit down, shut up and the birds are going to be here you also have like that interaction where you're calling and you're communicating Mm -hmm. and you're having to convince them to come in so you have like a lot of really cool aspects and then you throw a dog in the mix you throw in Mm -hmm. like all the different places you can hunt which i'm not sure what type of terrain you guys hunt i know you said you hunt some water but going from like rivers to lakes to mm-hmm. small cattle ponds or dry field hunting like yeah. there's so many different areas that you can hunt them in dude waterfowl i I don't know man there's something about it for a long time that was my number one i like mm-hmm. there was nothing that beat waterfowl for me
1: yeah
0: since there's a couple things that are sneaking up so. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it's it's, yep. it's just a, there it's a, it's a whole new world from what i was used to you know and it's there's that camaraderie to it there's that uh i don't know just everything about it I, I really enjoy yeah and you know i'm I'm from a part of the you know you hear western kansas you're like Duck hunting in western kansas well if you if you can find it you know it comes down to scouting if you find the right places you can get into some pretty good birds pretty quick so yeah just what uh, kind
0: what species are you guys mainly shooting over there or is it a pretty big mixed bag
1: it's a pretty good. We got a lot of widgeon, a lot of gadwall. There's some pintails in the area right now. Um, wood ducks. I mean, you get uh, green wing, blue wing tail, mallards, of course. Um, you know, I, I shot a bufflehead the other last year. Nice. it was a really a pretty, pretty cool drake bufflehead. I think of the like of all the species, I've already shot like twenty some of them or something like that. So I've, I've, I've you know, just out here in western Kansas. There's there's all that it's it's well kansas itself it's a good it's part of the central flyway so it's a good place for almost everything you want to get at yeah i know uh one of the little local lakes by me a couple of years back there were sea ducks on it i don't know how they got there they got lost somewhere but there's guys out there shooting sea ducks on them. Dang. so that's so a it's, it's weird it's a weird little area every once in a while I, i'm really hoping to get a cinnamon one of these days they, they come into our area on occasion so that'd be a cool one to get
0: i always when i was out yeah. in colorado I would see cinnamons, but I would see them all spring,
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: all of a sudden, waterfall season would come. Never see one again. Uh, that's yeah. that's still top of my bucket list is to shoot a cinnamon. Like, yeah. oh man, that'd be so cool.
1: I think uh, I've, I've I have I really like New Mexico. I have a kind of a, a, a one day I'd like to move to New Mexico kind of thing going on. Yeah. But when I was down there doing that pronghorn hunt we were, there's some little water holes and there's some fully phased cinnamon teal on those water holes. It's like, man, I don't have, well, cause we were, we were skilled quail hunting at that time. Cause we'd already shot our pronghorn. So I didn't have, I was using the old Brownie. I didn't have any boss ammo or anything that I could shoot those with. So it was like, uh, I just got to sit here and stare at them.
0: Cause oh, I, I can't gosh. do anything.
1: But there's the yeah, other three or four little water holes with a bunch of uh, cinnamon teal on a fully phased. Would be awesome to shoot a few.
0: Those Southern States, man, they get loaded up with them. I'm hoping that we run into some in Texas in December. Mm -hmm. you know fingers crossed there's a guy that we're going hunting with down there and he keeps sending me pictures of all the teal that they shot during their teal season they shot one cinnamon it wasn't phased out or anything i mean it you could barely tell it was the cinnamon from the picture but he's like man there's years where we really get on them Mm
1: -hmm. and so
0: that's like yes please the only other bird that i would take over the cinnamon teal which this is like so rare you're probably never going to see one but i've seen pictures of pintail mallard hybrids mm-hmm. and they're like the most beautiful bird i've ever seen in my life and so Gosh. i want to find I saw one, one of a it
1: was a pintail uh vision hybrid and that thing was cool looking <laughs> dang
0: all those hybrids i don't know there's something about yeah. it like they they just get that you un- the unique characteristics from both like mm-hmm. i feel like a. A pintail wood duck hybrid would be yeah. just unreal. But I
1: saw I saw one of a, a wood duck mallard hybrid that was real cool looking. Ooh, I'm yeah, just gonna. A one.
0: I'm gonna be sitting on my computer all day looking at all the different variations <laughs> of hybrid ducks. See if I can figure something out. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, my follow up to that first question about your bucket list hunt is going to be where. What is your bucket list hunt that you would want to get youth out on? Have you thought of something like, hey man, this would be really cool down the road to get a new hunter out on X, Y, or Z game
1: animal? I think a uh, either an elk hunt or a uh, or a sandhill crane hunt for youth would be cool. Ooh, yeah. Have, have you ever done a sandhill before? Is this going to be your first one? This is going to be the first one. Uh, last year, my dad and I went down to Oklahoma and we did one of them. We took my daughter along. And it was just, it was, it was real cool because, like, they, they they start circling from way up in the air and they just come down in this big circle and they come they fan out so large. And it's, it's – if you're you, – you almost have to be blind to miss them when they fan out like that. Yeah. The, just the sounds they make and the, the excitement you get as you watch them just slowly come in is uh, – I think that would be real cool for some youth. And I think I just had a guy, a mentor come on that does a lot of crane hunting. So I think I might be able to get that crane hunt sometime, hopefully this year.
0: Dude, that's going to be so sweet. Yeah, the sandhill crane hunting, like, I had never lived anywhere where we could shoot them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, growing up in Wisconsin, here in Missouri, it's illegal to shoot them in both places. Well, Wisconsin has a ton of them. Like, Mm -hmm. especially as you get over close to Lake Michigan. Uh, We were up there last year for a waterfowl hunt. And we're just sitting there, and way off in the distance, you know, you hear the... And I'm Mm -hmm. like, dude, it sounds like freaking Jurassic Park around here. I just forgot, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't
0: we don't have them very often in in Missouri, and so being back up there, I'm like, dude, I forget the sounds that they make and how big they are mm-hmm. and how far the sound travels and how far away you can see them. And to think that like this fall I'm gonna be sitting or this winter I'm gonna be sitting in a field in Texas and have yeah. something with a freaking six foot wingspan like back flapping in my face, I'm pretty pumped about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it was funny. My daughter was a uh... She, cause like I said, she came down with us and she was telling all the kids in her class that she was going with me and my dad to go hunt birds that were as big as she was, you know? Yeah. So she's in, at the time she's been in second year and third grade, third grade and all those kids are like, there's bird, birds don't get that big, you know? And they're like, you're not going hunting. There's a bunch of, you know, kids being kids. And so when she got back, uh, I got a picture of her laying next to one of them all fanned out. And I, uh, I printed that out and she took it to school with her to go show the kids the bird that was as big as her. So, <laughs> oh
0: my gosh.
1: That yeah, was a, uh, I mean, we, I think we shot between, there's a, we had a blind with six of us in it and I want to say we shot 12 that day. So it was, it was a pretty good, pretty good little shootout.
0: Heck yeah. Had, I mean, had a great time doing it. Uh, okay. On a scale of one to 10, shoot straight with me because I always hear about how good they taste. I've never tried mm-hmm. them and I'm excited to, but I also don't want to get my hopes so high that I'm almost let down by it. So a scale of one to 10, how good is it?
1: Uh, if, Okay. This what I'll say. If you cook it right, medium rare, like a steak, I'll put it up there in the tin. But you got to eat all then because because if you leave it in the fridge overnight and try to heat it up the next day, it tastes like crap. Okay. Fresh only.
0: <laughs> Fresh only. That's good to know.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm, I'm pumped to try that out. And uh, it's going to be a good group of guys. It's an army vet that, you know, found me on social media and he's like, dude, come mm-hmm. on down. Like, I'll treat you, bring some buddies. And I'm like. What yes. this is amazing! Like we, I mm-hmm. went down to Texas. I've never done a ton of hunting in Texas. I did a whitetail hunt years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a couple hog hunts, and that was basically it. But on those hog hunts, the amount of waterfowl that I saw down there, yeah, I'm like I can see why people live here. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you can be out in the outdoors seeing monster deer, pigs, coyotes, bobcats. That many different types of waterfowl, and you also might have a kangaroo bounce through. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Texas is a freaking crazy place, but I'm I'm it pretty is. pumped to get after uh, some waterfowl in the south and some sandhill cranes. So, um, before we, hunt. what's that?
1: This should be a pretty sweet hunt, man. I've I've had some buddies have hunted down in Texas, and had a good time with it. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's always it's always just a unique experience, getting into a totally different mm-hmm. landscape, like. You, you feel like you're starting over almost because yeah. I'm so used to knowing where birds like to hang out in my area that mm-hmm. like if I go out to like you were saying New Mexico or something, I'd be like, shoot, where, where do I start to look <laughs> for birds here? Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we hop off the show, I want to give you an opportunity to share with everybody where they can find you, where they can follow along. I know you had mentioned how they can get involved with pass it on. Mm -hmm. Um, but you specifically, how can they, how can they follow your journey?
1: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not big on a lot of social media. I got a, I got Instagram. It's uh, Bobby's world period 88 is my Instagram. Um, I have Facebook, but I usually don't have a lot of people that I don't know on Facebook. It's kind of my, uh, my happy place where I don't have to deal with other people. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, Instagram's the main place. I know, again, with the Passive On Outdoor Mentors, we got Instagram, we got uh, LinkedIn, we got Facebook. We got all those things as well, too, that people can find us on that as well.
0: Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, personal
1: hunts, what do you have coming up? Um, uh, really, it's kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I know I got, um when I when I stepped down from the Fallen Outdoors, I, I told them that I would still help them do their annual pheasant hunt out here in Western Kansas. So I know... Uh, well, we actually have we have a november 11th chucker hunt that we're doing just place birds for some vets that i'm going to help them with so that's a uh, veterans day and then uh, the next day is the opening for pheasant season so november 12th we'll go out and we'll, we'll hit all the public lands around the area for some pheasants with a bunch of vets and i'll be doing some shooting i'm sure i'll squeeze in some duck hunts before then and uh come december I'm, my dad and I, I try to every year i try to go on a, a guided hunt with my dad and i and it's uh not for the simplicity sake it's just for the the kind of him and i can just hang out and not have to yeah. worry about doing anything whenever we're doing that so we are going on a goose hunt with ranning steel waterfowl out of uh over by kansas city so him him and both nice. of my kids are going to go do a goose hunt a field goose hunt so that should be a good time
0: heck yeah that's awesome man well mm-hmm. good luck this season thanks for your time man i really appreciate it and keep up the good work getting getting new hunters out there teaching them about the sport getting them involved like That is something that everybody needs to do more of, whether you do it on a personal level where you just talk to a buddy and see if they're interested and invite them out or getting involved in an organization like Pass It On. Uh, We need everybody because there's a lot of hunters that are phasing out right now, and uh, we need people coming in to replace them and continue to contribute to conservation in the sports that we love.
1: I appreciate it. If you ever find yourself out in western Kansas, hit me up. We'll shoot something.
0: Sounds good, man. I'm all about it. And that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. Man, I think I'm going to take Bobby up on that offer to come out to Kansas and, and do some upland hunting because upland hunting is the one type of hunting that I just keep on hearing more and more about that I really have little to no experience in. And it's something that I want to get into. In fact, I was just talking to a buddy that went up and he was hunting different types of grouse and... Um, partridge basically chucker. I think it is Hungarian partridge chucker. I think those are the same thing and anyways he was up in Montana or Wyoming doing that and he was like dude it was so much fun Uh, it's a totally different type of hunting obviously and I've got the smallest amount of experience with it out of all the hunting activities that I've done but it's something that I definitely want to get more into and especially now that I have a dog try to get him trained in it and get out and do some of these upland bird hunts I think that would be pretty amazing so Um, good luck to him this season and good luck to the rest of you guys. Hopefully you guys are out there all over the place. People are shooting big bucks. They're shooting bulls. They're gearing up for Western hunts that are still to come. I mean, mule deer, the mule deer rut still hasn't hit. The whitetail rut is just now. I mean, the pre-rut's kind of kicking in right now all over the place. And depending on when you listen to this, uh, it may have already really kicked off in your area. So Good luck out there. Stay safe. And until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.